Hey there, I'm Matt Tommy, and over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of Christian artists all over the world start thriving spiritually, artistically, and in the marketplace, while at the same time building my own super successful art business. If you're ready to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live in His kingdom, then you're in the right place, my friend. Now with over a million downloads, you're listening to the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. So glad that you're with me on the podcast today. I'm super excited to have a friend of mine, Francis Severson, who is not only an incredible artist, but just a fun person. You're going to love, love, love this interview today. So Francis, welcome. So glad you're with me. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. We were just talking beforehand. You are from or live in a place, Douglasville, Georgia, where Tanya and I lived for uh, several years in our early married life. But for those folks that are just getting to know you, let us know who you are, where you're from, what you do creatively, and then we'll kind of jump into a little bit of your story. Okay. Um, I have been married for 25 years. Um, he is has a creative side himself. Um, we have a 14-year-old Yorkie uh, with more medical problems than my 82 year old mom. Bless his um, heart, right? <laughs> she's crazy. Um, and I have been in education for 28 years. I've been a um, high school math teacher, uh, high school counselor, and have been the last 14 years, I think, been a high school media specialist. Wow. Um, I fought getting into jewelry, even though I, I, I've loved crafts and I've been creative my whole life, but I was like, no, I have enough hobbies. I don't need to get into that. And I kind of threw the back way, went into it, said, well, I'm, I'm going to help the kids at church learn some jewelry. <laughs> Let me go and buy some beads and stuff. So I did beading for a while. And um, then I eventually got into what I do now. Um, and I sell a little on Etsy I enjoy markets more because I'm I'm a people person. Yeah, sure. And I love teaching. So now I'm sure everybody that's listening today is trying to make sense of this in their head. How does an artist and a math teacher exist <laughs> in the same body? So <laughs> well, if you want so to know the truth, a, a unique gift mix of a person. You want to know the truth of it? I actually um, have a bachelor of science in electrical engineering technology that I, I was not very good at and went that route after I was a math major. So um, yeah, figure that out. I'm the, listen, I'm the same way. I, I was very involved in Boy Scouts growing up. And I said, the only merit badge that I could not physically get, like I tried and they would not give it to me, was uh, electricity, the electrical engineering <laughs> part. I was like, hey, that just does not make sense to me, but put me in basket making or or painting or something like that, and, and I'm yeah. great. So that's funny. So it's interesting, I think, how all of us come to, you know, what we do creatively. So it sounds like you started out your career in education, still doing that, but when did this whole jewelry thing kind of come into your life and what was the, what was the impetus for that? Probably about seven years ago. Um, and like I say, I started out with beading and doing yeah. that. Um, and then I was with a friend, we were in Atlanta and I saw a spinner ring and I said, one day I want to learn how to make that. Mm. Um, so I just kind of started searching and found a lady in Atlanta. I took a class. It was like um, a four hour class. 
And I learned how to make just a hammered band. Um, so the first one I ever made, my husband said, I want you to make me one. Wow. So the first piece of jewelry that I made with soldering and that sort of thing I made for my husband and he wears it as his wedding band. How cool. Yeah. Um, and then I tinkered, I played around, I watched YouTube videos, um, trial and error. And then I said, I want to, I want to learn how to make that spinner ring. So I went back to the same lady and took one other four hour class. This time I took my friend with me and she made one and I made one and, um, I was hooked from then on. Wow. I'm thinking about the first times that I, I made my baskets early on and there's something that like resonates inside of you. Like, I love this. Like I want to, I want to do more of that, you know, I guess because you're a teacher and you are naturally just, you know, by nature, a giving person, you love to see others kind of get it. You took this, which has been a hobby for you and actually started teaching that. So when did you make the transition into, into teaching your jewelry? It's, um, I, I teach, I've just taught a few friends and that sort of thing. And, um, it's funny because, I feel like I've been floundering for a while. Like, how do I make this a business? Yeah. And and what do I do to make it a business? And let me try Etsy. And 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 Etsy's a great place. But I learned that I love making the jewelry. I don't love taking pictures and editing and writing sure. descriptions and figuring out all that. I would rather just make the jewelry and go to a market and be able to see people and see their expressions and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but I do... Teaching has been part of me my whole life. When I look back and realize what have I always been good at, mm. it's teaching. Yeah. I mean, I tutored my roommates in college. I tutored their friends in college. Um, so teaching, even now as a media specialist, I love teaching the kids. Any opportunity I get to teach them, I love it and I do it. So it's it's now that I've I've figured out I feel like God has finally shown me in the last couple months that, you know, what you can do is you can teach, which is your passion, but yet you can sell maybe for fundraisers Yeah. for all these different. Um, I have friends who have these wonderful, wonderful um, charities and ministries. Sure. And so my husband supported regardless. He's like, whatever you want to do is yeah. fine with me. And so that's that's where I'm I'm going is in the next two years, I'm going to really focus on the teaching aspect of it. Um, I mean, I, I felt like God was giving me just these ideas of what about bridal party, wedding parties, like um, get with uh, the bridesmaids and the the bride and have these fun get together parties where they leave with a piece of jewelry that they've created. So I'm super excited on where it's going to go. It's just kind of in the beginning stages. I love that. I love, I'm thinking about all the people we have in our mentoring program. They all start out with, I was just going to do this little thing on the side, you know, just for fun. And then I had to start selling it because I had so much of it. And then before long, they get in the mentoring program and we've got them into a a business and they're making money and all this. But I, I love that that right now, you know, you're loving what you're doing professionally. This is a great outlet for you creatively. You're starting to teach as well. And, and I love the fact that you're like, Hey, I don't necessarily need the money quote unquote from this. I can do this as, as a give back and, you know, use it as a way that, you know, I can interact with people, bless people and and give to charities that I love. And 
talk about that balance a little bit, because I know that a lot of people feel um, they can even feel bad about, you know, or like they're not a real artist per se, if they're not having a full-time art business. And I'm like, nothing can be further from the truth that we all do art at different levels, um, depending on the season of life that that we're in. Yeah. And, and the thing about with jewelry, it doesn't require a huge investment to start yeah. it. Mm. You know, whether you want to do the beading aspect um, or what I do with the metal smithing, I mean, you can start out with a torch that you get from Home Depot or Lowe's. Yeah. You take torch and a couple of tools and you're ready to go. Yeah. So I was, it's funny because I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day about, you know, finding your unique, your gifts, your talents. Yeah. And yes, you can emulate people for a while, but that's the process of learning who you are sure. and what you, and so that's the thing. My husband has been um, always saying, you know, find your niche, find your niche. And um, it's hard when it's a saturated market. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so what I'm learning is um, that doing what I enjoy and experimenting. That's that's where I, I'm, I'm heading that way to figure yeah. out what how I can narrow it down. But as far as being an artist, you don't have to be selling in a gallery or to be an artist. You you are an artist when you start doing it, right. and you start creating and you you're an artist and you don't have to be selling six figures worth of jewelry as soon as you start. In fact, you don't have to sell any of it if you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. You can just give it away. Yeah, absolutely. Being an artist is who you are. It's not defined by the amount you sell. Or, or I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And I think I was, and in fact, I was just doing um, one of these things we do in our mentoring program called Biz Chat the other day, where we get on and talk about different topics and we break people up into small groups. And I was, I was just teaching on, you know, don't despise the days of, of small beginnings. That's what the Bible says. And, and literally when you, when we do that, we've all done that. When you do like, oh, I'm no good, or this is not big enough or whatever, it's literally like speaking death over the thing that God's trying to bring life to. It's like kind of cutting off the sprout that God's trying to bring up in your life. And so I, I just love that, you know, you've really had that, you know, sort of uh, mentality your whole your time, it seems like, of, hey, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. And I, whether it's small or big, you know, that doesn't define who I am. And, you know, I can I can already tell I love your husband. He seems like a incredible person because you've said a couple of times through this how encouraging he's been along the way to you. Talk about that because, you know, there's so many people out there who feel alone creatively, maybe alone in a marriage, alone in their community, nobody, they don't feel like anybody gets them. Um, talk about the, just the opportunity of having a supportive spouse that, that is speaking life into you, because I'm sure that makes a, a huge difference, right? It does. Um, and I'm going to back up because <clears throat> I've been that spouse to him. He, he does, um, he started out uh, doing CAD drawings, that sort of thing. So what yeah. he does, he works for designers and he, creates things on the computer that they can show the clients and it looks real. You can't mm. tell the difference in a picture and what he's done on the computer. It's amazing. Wow. He's extremely wow. talented and he's self-taught. Yeah. So back when we were younger, married, newly married, he would call and say, you know, I need this program. It's a thousand dollars, whatever. Yeah. Hey, I need this computer. It's $7,000. <laughs> 
whatever. So yes, he has been um, with me. You want to buy that? Let's get it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get that? No problem. That's beautiful. I love what you're doing. Hey, he'll, he'll come to me and he'll say, Hey, try this. And Mm -hmm. he'll draw me out something, you know, maybe if you did this and that. So he's very creative himself. Um, And sometimes I take his suggestions and sometimes I'm like, baby, that's, that's really heavy. Like so that, that's a lot of metal on there. And I don't think we can wear that as an earring. So he is very, very supportive of me doing this. Um, very supportive of me doing shows, you know, whatever money you want to spend, honey, that's yeah. fine. Um, I just got a bonus shocking in education that we got know, a bonus right? and um, bought me a, uh, rolling mill. I'm super excited with what I'm going to be able to do with that. Yeah. And he was as excited as I was. He was like, unwrap it. Let's look at it. You know, yeah. what can it do? So it's, it's really, really important to surround yourself with people who support you. Um, and that's where I think like the Facebook groups, um, Instagram, you know, those types of things, yeah. having, having friends and people who are around will support you because sometimes on Instagram, I'll say, you know, what, if I were to search for this, what would you call it? Yeah. And people will give me their opinion. Yeah. So it, yeah, it so is very huge. important. It's a community is so, such a game changer. I think of, you know, so many of us that I know for me making my baskets for years, I never knew anybody that did that, that, you know, and, you know, as the internet came out, you know, we got, we've all gotten more and more connected and we see that all the time in, in created to thrive. I mean, people that are, feel alone wherever they are in podunk iowa or the backside of australia somewhere or whatever all wow. of a sudden can come on and be involved in a community that that makes a difference and um and you know i just i'm thinking about tanya and i we've been married uh it was coming up this month actually on 25 years and uh we're like where did that time you know where did that that go but i think you know early on in marriage you think you know sometimes the things that uh you know your, that makes your spouse unique and different drive you crazy. But I think as you grow older and as you, you know, walk with each other, you learn to honor those differences and you learn to speak life into each other. And I think especially as a creative, I know for me and I hope for her as well, just the ability to, to speak life into each other is such a, such a huge deal. So, yes. well, you know, um, you're going to be teaching this year at gathering of artisans and we are super excited for you to be uh, there. I know we always have lots and lots of, of painters and, and that sort of thing, but being a fine craftsperson, you know, in the fiber world, I'm always like, we need jewelry, we need metal, we need fiber, we need other, you know, glass, and we need all these other things. And so I'm so excited that you're going to be bringing uh, that this year. So talk about what somebody would learn in your classes this year at Gathering of Artisans. And uh, guys, we'll give you the link uh, so that you can click and, and see if if Francis's classes are still available. Hope they are when the, when the podcast comes out. Um, but talk about the things that people will learn. And um, maybe if does somebody have to have a lot of experience before they take a class with you or, or just what does that look like? Um, nope. I'm going to start from the beginning. Um, one of the classes we're going to do, and I'll show you this piece of jewelry on my hand. Yeah. If you can see it. Oh, beautiful. All you podcast listeners, you all have to go to YouTube to see that. It's gorgeous. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to do one that's stamping and, um, and I'm just going to do a side note here. This is especially cool for me because um, the stamping part of it, I can't tell you how many of my friends 
where I have learned of like a friend who lost her mom. Mm. So I will go and stamp out a ring and I sometimes I'll do a pendant, a bracelet ring and I'll stamp out mom and I'll patina and Mm. polish and all that. And when I give it to them, I just can't even tell you like they, they cry. They say, I'll never take it off. I see them a year later, they're still wearing it. Um, I've, I've done so many things with stamping that means so much. I've had friends who had children. I'll stamp the the baby's name. They they love it. They absolutely love it. Um, so we're going to do stamping in one of the classes. So I'm going to teach them um, how to stamp. We're going to practice on copper first because it's cheaper than sterling yeah, sure. silver. Um, and then I'm going to show them where to purchase if they want to just purchase blanks. I'm mm-hmm. going to um, show them the different sets of metal stamping, the different sizes, um, how to patina it, how to polish what they need. It's a total beginner's um, journey. And then they can leave there and go and get their own things. I love that. um, And begin doing it from there on, you know, from then on out. Um, The other one we're going to do, and I don't have any with me. They're in the other room. Yeah. We're going to be doing um, copper earrings and we're going to do, uh, with the flame, it creates a patina mm. and it's so incredible. And it, it, I'm going to teach them where to find the blanks, um, how to polish it first and then patina it, how to seal it. Um, and it's very light metal, you know, yeah. they can be very big earrings, but they're very light and it depends on the atmosphere as to what colors you get. Mm. So you don't like it, you just polish it back off and do it again. Do it again. It's, <laughs> it's very forgiving. Um and it's just so much fun because you never know what you're going to get out of that copper. You know, I'm thinking about years ago, I don't know if you've seen any of my basket work or the copper leaves that I do and, and that sort of thing, but years ago I had this vision. I'm like, I'm going to put a copper kudzu leaf on my baskets because I make baskets out of kudzu. And so I hadn't, I didn't have any clue what I was doing. I mean, I'm a, I'm a basket maker. Right. And so I went up to Michael's and I got me some of this copper foil and all this and this, and I'm, and I'm thinking, well, how am I going to make a, a, make my leaf? And so I cut it out and uh, I'm just so proud. You know how you're so proud when you first do something. And then I thought, well, I don't know how to solder, but who needs solder when you have super glue? And so I super glued it all the stem on the back. I mean, I was so proud. And um, so, you know, at that point, I just like, I am God's gift to coppersmithing, you know, at this point. At this point, and I took it to church, and we've got a we had a guy in our church at that time that was like thirty five years master silversmith and copper work and all the embossing and all this kind of stuff. And I took it to him, and I and I said, Tom, look at look at this. I'm so proud, you know, like a little kid. And he he looked at that, and we were in church because so he couldn't be ugly, you know. <laughs> He's looking at that thing, just shaking his head. He said, "Matt, he said, why don't you just come on up to the house and I'll show you how to really do this." And in an afternoon, he showed me, you know, how to cut it, how to copper it, how to anneal it, how to you know do the flame tempering, like you're talking about, all this sort of thing, how to polish it. And I think, man, that one afternoon gave me the skills that I needed to be able to then take that and and do so much. And I'm that's what I love about gathering of artisans is that somebody can come and they can take a class like with you for a day. Maybe they've never done anything like this before, but they're going to get a skill set and a great experience with other people and a great teacher like you to be able to learn something that maybe 
they've never wanted, they've never had the tools or opportunity to learn before. And it may spark something that that takes them into a whole new uh, direction. And so I, I just think that's going to be so fun. And we're super excited to to have you uh, coming to teach, you know, that this year at Gathering. So, Francis, I know folks are going to want to connect with you, see more of your work and and all that sort of thing. I know they can go to gatheringofartisans.com to see the, the classes and that sort of thing. But if they want to see more of your work or interact with you on social media or that sort of thing, where's the best place that, that they can do that? Well, I, I just opened back up a Facebook page. Awesome. <laughs> I had, um, so that one is at Hope and Joy CO. Okay. Um, in, Joy in, Instagram is um, at Hope and Joy CO. And uh, my Etsy shop is, um, goodness gracious, I think it's the same thing. Awesome. So, um, and just a side note, the reason I chose chose hope and joy, which took me several years to come up, I uh, probably a year to come up with a name yeah. of what I wanted, but it's the hope that I have in Jesus and the joy that I get and that others get either by mm. wearing the jewelry or gifting the jewelry. So that's that. where I came up with the name. I love that. Well, listen, it's been a joy to have you today. Thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for coming to Gathering of Artisans this year. And guys, again, Click all the links uh, to, to find out what Francis is doing and also go to gatheringofartisans.com and see if her classes are still available. We'd love to have you uh, this year at, at our gathering. So, Francis, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. Hey, my friend, it's Matt. Listen, real quick before you go, I want to tell you about something called Jumpstart that is coming up Friday, April 29th. Listen, if you are listening to this podcast, more than likely you're an artist who is wanting to transform your art business into that faithful income stream, either part-time or full-time, or maybe you're just wanting to kind of make some extra money from your work, actually see it, go out into the marketplace, make a difference in the lives of people. But as you know, as I say all the time on this podcast, it's a lot. It's a juggling act. And for a lot of people, it can be absolutely overwhelming. Well, you know, there's a wonderful opportunity that's coming up. It's a one-day interactive workshop where I'm actually going to walk you through step-by-step exactly what to do to get started in your art business or to take your art business to the next level, regardless of where you currently are, whether you're just starting out in the middle or been doing it for years and years. I'm going to actually show you a simple, clear pathway for the purpose that God's given you. Actually clarify God's plan for your life and for your art. I'm going to begin to show you how to attract and convert prospects into clients so that you can begin to build that faithful income stream that we all want so that we can have the time, energy, and money to do the thing that God's called us to do. I'm going to be talking about websites. I'm going to be talking about marketing. I'm going to be talking about your unique artistic voice. Uh, even about developing a schedule that works for you so that you can get in the studio and actually doing the thing that God has called you to do as an artist. Listen, we're going to be doing all of that over six hours together. It's going to be an incredible time. It's just one day, invest one day, six hours, and it's going to make a huge difference in your life and in your journey. And the best part is it's online. So no matter where you are in the world, you can participate. 
So click the link that's right here in the show notes. You can find all about uh, Jumpstart. You can plan on joining us. Space is limited, so make sure that you register today so that you can join us on April 29th all day for Jumpstart. All right, hope to see you there. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.